everyone, and welcome to Deep Focus. This is the intro. My name's Quaid, and I'm here with my co-host, Nick. How are you doing today? Pretty good. How's it going? <laughs> it's going pretty good. So we had an initial intro episode, but it was like an hour and a half long, and we realized that we really don't want you guys spending that much time listening to us talk about the podcast we're going to do. So we just want to go over it here in a good 5 to 15 minutes, just to let you know what this is about, so you can get on listening to an actual episode. Do you want to take it from there, Nick? Yeah, sure. So what we wanted to kind of start with was um, how to interact with Deep Focus. And really, uh, how this works is we're only ever going to do um, a single film analysis. So you're not going to see a bunch of different movies that we're talking about all at the same time. Like all all Deep Focus is is um, a deep analysis on one film that we love. So anytime you see an episode that's a that's a direct recommendation for us for that movie um and the way that you want to interact with the film or sorry interact with the podcast is by watching that film and then coming here and then you know we talk about it yep that's going to be about like 90 95 percent of our episodes occasionally we'll do lists like best of the year or maybe sure. talk about like a franchise or something like that but yeah, 90, 95% we of We also our occasionally do a go to the movies and watch it episode. Yeah, we'll do uh, a kind drive of like the there. First reaction. Yeah, our thoughts beforehand and our reaction afterwards. Right. Um, but yeah, single film analysis is going to cover most of it. Uh, we do give a spoiler warning. We're pretty good at that. Um, but for most of these films, we would recommend that you watch them first because we're doing an episode about them. And like we've said, that means it's a recommendation. So generally don't want to spoil... Uh, the film for you before you watch it with fresh eyes. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, before we go on, though, I would like to yeah. just give a quick little introduction about me and Nick. Uh, my name is Quaid Wooten. Uh, me and Nick met at film school uh, where we made a variety of short films. And we've also continued to work on film projects and writing projects together and separately uh, for mm-hmm. the years that we've been out of school. And Nick here, if you want to introduce yourself. Yeah, um, I've been, you know, just making films in Denver for a long time and, uh, you know, kind of made a name for myself here. We don't presume to be, uh, you know, masters or experts of film yet. Uh, no, maybe, no. maybe, maybe an expert. Mild. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, um, I think I think we're far enough along to be able to appreciate the masters. And um, that actually leads perfectly into something else I wanted to talk about Um is why we're doing this podcast. Um, and really, uh, you know, both of us have a bit of a disdain for modern film criticism. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think, I think for me, and I'm sure for you too, it goes a little step further than that. And I think that, um, I, I think that criticism for any like amalgam art form, you know, something, something that brings a lot of different art forms together uh tends to fall short so you know you see like video game criticism and film criticism and like uh the critics are often kind of hacks right yeah and i think it's because they only uh they they usually come at film from the perspective of one art form right rather than appreciating it as an amalgam art form and having to um come at it from multiple angles and see see like um, what art forms it can be good in because there, there are there are films that are master classes in certain art forms and not so much in others right um, yeah like uh, take for example the uh, the 
new King Arthur movie that came out recently, right? Uh, masterclass in editing. Uh, not necessarily in a lot of the other art forms. Not that they were bad, but like, you know, there were one or two that it was just excelling in. Yeah. Um, and that was actually panned by the critics. So perfect example yeah. of what we're talking about. Well, even just a historical thing, you know, you look at something like Rotten Tomatoes and you look up all these classic films and they all have like 100% on them, right? Right. Um, but at the time, if you actually look at the history of the release of these films, they were panned. You look at something like Jaws or the first Blade Runner, uh-huh. these films were crapped on. And Absolutely. now, of course, they have like perfect scores in Rotten Tomatoes. So it tells you a lot about there's an oversaturation of people that want to be critics. And they're more concerned with consensus and having the right opinion uh, relating to their social group as opposed right. to any actual investigation of what they're criticizing. And it leads to oftentimes films, one of which an example is uh, Lone Ranger. It'll come out and it's sort of like the criticism of the film goes viral where, yeah. where it might've been a mixed review initially, but it becomes something to crap on. And you see that a lot with video games too. A game comes out, it's a little buggy for a couple of weeks, but then it, just because of that, it's just, you know, skewered through by all the critics. Right. So, that's very important to my understanding of one of the reasons I dislike modern film criticism and just criticism in general is there's this identity aspect of it where they just yeah. want this sort of cosmopolitan, you know, uh, you know, just chattering class uh, aspect to their lives as opposed to any actual investigation of the art form. Right. Um, and we decided instead of just uh, complaining about it, we would, you know, actually do something about it. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, and that, that, that one more great point about that though, is we also don't think that you can do it. You can talk about film. We're going to do that. You can write about film, but it's not perfect. The best way to answer a bad film or a film that's good, but has like a message or an insight you disagree with is through a film. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's a very important distinction for us. And you see great filmmakers do that all the time where like, you know, you, you they watch some movie and get mad about something, you know, and then you see in their next movie just like the exact opposite kind of thing happening. And like uh, just a famous example right off the bat would be Game of Thrones to Lord of the Rings. Yeah, but Lord of the Rings is a perfect example. You know, George R.R. R. Martin's whole thing is partially a rebuke of Tolkien uh, yeah. and classical high fantasy in general. Um, so that is a perfect example, as opposed to someone just sitting down and writing an essay about maybe some of the things they find stupid about, you know, sort of classical high fantasy. He made Game of Thrones. And which which one is more impactful to getting that insight across? Um, right. It's clearly the actual, you know, writing, answering writing in terms of prose. Right. Um, well, and, and like yeah. when you when you look at the impact that has right, even on like culture, like you know, after Lord of the Rings, you had a lot of Lord of the Rings, like fantasy, um, starting to come out. And now I think you have a lot more like kind of game of Thrones style, you know, kind of that historical drama esque, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, thing. And, and it's like, you, you see the darker interactions, the most more like realistic takes on, uh, on human, uh, behavior. Right. Um, and and, you know, and and another thing is like, we're talking about this, but sadly, majority criticism doesn't even rise to the level of trying to investigate, you know, 
their issues with the high fantasy of Lord of the Rings. Most of it really is just trying to be really clever. We all know, we've all read film criticism that's just, you know, saturated with really dumb sayings and rhymes and, you know, this kind of thing. And that's part of the reason why I dislike it as well, is there's just, there's this overwhelming desire to be clever and to cut into things, to tear things down through being sort of clever and comical. And I'm so much smarter, you know, think about something like Cinema Sins. Cinema Mm. Sins is my mortal enemy. And... (laughs) This is essentially what it does. It's essentially a, you know, YouTube channel that's making content that's supposed to make you feel clever for looking at how stupid all these films are, how they have all these little errors in them, you know, oh, right, look, is- we found all these little errors. Aren't we smart? And we, we write up this little comedy script and we say it's so funny and we have good snappy editing and we're so clever and everyone else is so dumb. And I hate that stuff. I hate it so much. I hate this overwhelming desire to be clever. Well, and and, and I think they come at it like, you know, saying it's humor, but like, you know, it, it, you're, you're right that it, it seems that the motivation isn't to be funny, but the motivation is to seem clever. Right. Yeah. And I, I think, I think that's, that becomes apparent in kind of like the disingenuous way that they, uh, uh, that that they tackle uh, like what's wrong with a film, you know, like yes. even, even like continuity errors, like we'll often like, if you know anything about editing, you know that often editors choose the take with the continuity error because it has something better in it. Right. Exactly. And like, it's not, it's not some big old, like, like I got you when you show that like a film isn't actually real. Like, yeah, like yeah, <laughs> these are people on a film set. Like all of it's fake. <laughs> Those are actors. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> you know, and the the thing is, like, I don't have an issue with cleverness, but that kind of desiring to be clever is an issue because, as Nick has just pointed out, you can investigate any kind of art form, even like a mono art form, uh, with that kind of perspective and find issues, and it completely is counter. It is the opposite. And in my belief of what is at the base of most art, which is a sort of romanticism, which yeah. is w- willingness to overlook these small issues for the emotional truth of the thing. Um, yeah. Well, and, and, and actually that's a good point because like that, that leads us right into uh, what we want to talk about next too, which is like the insight, right. Or a theme, you know, you, you've heard about this in your writing class, insight theme, central question, like yeah, all good message. art is an argument. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think I think as you were saying, it's it's really um, counter to the point of art to to essentially like ignore the argument or ignore what's trying to be said in order to gripe about the small details of why, you know, didn't yeah. completely immerse you with zero mistakes um, in, in the superficial aspects of the world. Yeah. Right. Um, because at the end of the day. You know, I think, I think a story is, um, generally like a, um, it's, it's a tool to lend perspective, right? It's a tool to share with each other what, um, what experiences we go through and in a way that is, um, more connected than just like you know, telling someone what you went through. Like if, if you yeah. tell it as this story, if you pull them into it, if you, if you really 
get into the details of how things like felt and what people's perspectives are and what people are thinking and how they interact and like all that kind of thing, you know, like you, you, you get empathy on a level that you normally wouldn't. And I think that's why it's such a powerful tool, uh, storytelling. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you wanted to try to convince somebody of something, you know, you're sort of told that what you want to do is argue with them and maybe like write a syllogism or something. But anyone with some common sense would realize that things like art have been far more impactful than any amount of like logicians, <laughs> you know, working towards some right. sort of common goal. And that emotional understanding of a truth, getting that across uh, is far more impactful. And so that's what, you know, we're talking about when we talk about insight um, mm. is essentially what are they arguing? What are they trying to get across? Nick likes that word. I like that word um, better than message or theme because yeah. it sort of gets across the idea that someone is trying to tell you something. It's more specific too, right? Yeah. Like th mm -hmm. theme and question are so broad, right? I, I would argue that theme is broad, too broad. Right. Yeah. Because, for example, if you make your theme love, you could show a yeah. hundred different what couples. What are you saying about love? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. um, just um, back to back to back 30 second snippets and you call it a movie. And, you know, like you're not really saying anything. Versus, and also like question, um, you know, I've, I've always thought that like thinking about it as a question is lazy, um, you know, because what you're doing is you're just you're just posing something and then making the audience do all the work rather than, you know actually looking at your life that you're experiencing Can uh, you your experiences even, and finding an insight, finding, finding an insight about the human condition to share and prove with your audience. You know, that's way harder. Um, yeah. and, um, honestly, I, I think it's, it's not just about the difficulty, but it, it, it's, it's about how easy it is for your audience to fall into the film. Yeah. Right. And I would argue that like, that's why all of the best films um, like could be classified as insight films rather than yeah. films that have a question or a theme. Yeah. I mean, do you, I mean, I can't even think of a film that poses a question that I would consider a masterpiece. You know what I mean? Yeah. They all have something sort of definitive to say. Right. Them. Right. Um, but yeah, that's what we mean by insight. And that's like the, one of the primary things that we're going to be looking at, and it doesn't have to be complex. There's a lot of films out there with very simple insights, but are proven are well, amazing. right? Yeah. Um, we also have no, uh, no qualms about originality. Like, you know, um, <laughs> like uh, I always like to say a film is always going to be someone's first film, you know, um, it's always going to be someone's first experience with an insight. So even if it's been told a hundred times, you know, like, it's okay to tell it again. And honestly, if you do it better than everyone else who's done it, like, you know, kudos. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like simple insights, we're totally okay with those. Um, we do try to find the insight in every episode um, of the films that we're watching. Uh, often um, we won't find it, you know, we'll maybe start circling it and kind of figure out around, uh, around where it is or what it is. Um, sometimes, you know, we'll, uh, we'll have it already beforehand. Right. Yeah. And occasionally on the very rare episode, we'll discover it during the episode, which is always fun. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, some, some films, uh, that we're going to talk about are just good in quality and, 
are amazing in quality and just maybe don't really revolve around the insight, you know? Yeah. Um, because while, while we are saying that like, uh, we love films that do this, there are still films that don't revolve around an insight. There could be films, for example, that revolve around entertainment and enjoyment, which are a lot of films these days. Um, yeah. That still have a lot to say and still are very well done. Yeah, you know, for some filmmakers, the insight's not the primary thing. Some would even claim that they don't have an insight. We don't believe that's possible. Uh, we think they have <laughs> one no matter what. Um, yeah. But the issue really is whether or not they make it primary in the cinema itself. That's right. up to them, but I think it's always there. Um, and actually, that's, that's a good segue into uh, our next thing, which is uh, enjoyment versus quality, right? And I think this is something that a lot of um, criticism struggles with. Right. And that's that if you don't enjoy a film, it must be bad. Or if you did enjoy a film, it must be good. Right. Yeah. And we try to separate those things and we try to understand that, you know, we might not like a movie, but it might be amazing. Right. Or, yeah. you know, we might love a movie, but it might be kind of crap. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, um, we all have our, our own taste, you know, right. Exactly. Things that we gravitate that, towards. Yeah. And that's what it is, is a matter of taste. Right. Yeah. You yeah. can, you try to, do your best to have some sort of objective understanding. It's a, uh, it's a, you know, it's ultimately an impossible task, but you can get pretty close um, of which is great period. Uh, even if it's not your cup of tea. Right. Um, yeah. Um, but our, uh, um, that our criteria kind of for what, what films we choose. And we kind of talked about this at the beginning where we said that every film that we're talking about is a recommendation. Right. So if, yeah. if you see the film um, on our list and honestly, you could use our episode list as a uh, list of films to watch if you wanted. Right. Um, yeah. Because these are just films that we absolutely recommend um, because what we do is we only we only analyze films that we love. Yeah. And um, the reason for this is because I think when you analyze films that you don't like, um, like it, it it ends up adding it, it ends up flavoring your entire uh analysis of it right like every single little detail you're you're trying to not give the filmmaker the benefit of the doubt which i think is um counter to good analysis right uh, yeah so it's harder to truly understand uh why you don't like something um well no you can understand why you don't like it but to have a coherent understanding of what something is doing wrong is harder to do when you're clouded with sort of almost a, you know, a low level hatred of the thing. Right. Um, you see this a lot and, you know, look up a film you like, you actually like, and then read the bad reviews of it. And you'll see essentially what we're talking about. They will just start digging into things to dig into them. You know, their dislike, uh, maybe their correct dislike of a few elements spills over and other things that the film actually did well. You're just, it's a bunch muddier, cloudier um, uh, process to figure out why something's not good. And the thing is, it's also just not very productive. Um, you know, why would yeah. we spend all that time tearing into a film or a filmmaker um, it's just too much, it's too much effort. You'd, you know, be better served by talking about things you like and things that, you know, that you're thinking about. So, yeah. And, and like, we, we, we won't, um, we won't censor ourselves, um, talking about a film that we don't like, you know, we'll, we'll say that we don't like it, but, but the whole point is that we're not going to devote an episode to analyzing, 
or t- ripping apart a film that we don't like. Yeah. Right. Um, that's not what we want to do here. We want to like, we, we want to elevate this, the cinema that we love. Right. Mm-hmm. And we want to show why we love them because I think it's, I think it's more um, exciting, you know, to, to hear about why someone loves something. And I, and, and I try to have an open mind. My, my perspective has always been that there's always a reason that people love certain films. Right. And like, I love talking to people that love films that I hate and I love listening to them and hoping that, you know, they'll show me why they love it. And I can go back and watch that film with love later too. You know, um, we will, uh, we'll watch a movie and, you know, if, even if we just sort of didn't like it or kind of thought it was, uh, it it wasn't super impactful, we won't do an episode on it. Right. Um, yeah, which is, uh. Yeah, which is kind of a good segue. Um, we will generally give you guys updates uh, at the end of an episode if you're watching as we put them out. I mean, listening um, about what we're thinking of doing. So it's always what we're thinking of doing because we may very well watch it and realize that we don't like it or it's just not worth the full episode. I mean, believe it or not, it's quite a lot to talk about a film for like an hour or two. You know, some of these films. <laughs> I feel like, man, how am I going to talk about this for more than like 10 minutes? Mm-hmm. Um, so we have to find something worthwhile and talking about. Um, and we certainly, like we already have set up the rules, are not going to talk about something that we dislike. Um, so at the end of every episode, we'll generally give you guys, uh, you know, a few ideas of what we might be doing in the future. Um, and on that note, um, we will, well, we are essentially giving no promises. <laughs> um <laughs> Because of the aforementioned effort that goes into these episodes and wanting to make sure that we do them well and about things we like, we are shooting uh, at this moment for two episodes uh, every month, but we make zero promises. <laughs> um, might be a little less one month, might be a little bit more the next month. Um, and uh, also- We just want it to be quality, we, right? And we, we yeah. want we want- to be delivering uh, an episode about something that we're enthusiastic about. And we'd rather have a few episodes that we're super enthusiastic about than, uh, you know, a thousand that we're kind of bored with. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, they can, you know, if you're watching or listening, I keep saying uh, with us as we go, that's fine. But if you're brand new and you're just listening to this intro right now, I'll just reiterate that you can listen to them in any order that you want to, um, they are numbered because that's how podcasts work, but, uh, you can go ahead and listen to whatever you'd like to listen to. So, yeah, cool. All right. Well, I think that's it. (laughs) That's the intro. Get to listening to the natural episode. We'll see you guys later.